WXME AM 780 Monticello Holton Presque Good morning, Aroostook County. This is the Aroostook Watch and Radio Show. This is Jack McCarthy, your host, coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the Conscience of Maine. This is the Constitutional Radio Network, the Conscience of Maine, coming to you live on 780 AM out of Monticello in uh, hopes that we're actually going out on air. Don't know. Seems to be working, working here. Everything shows here that's working, and uh, but I'm not getting any feedback in the chat room. Oh, goodness. Any audio? A-U-D-I-O. In the chat. There we go. Whatever. We'll see what's working. Okay, let's go. We're going to start, as is our custom, with some scripture. It comes out of Proverbs 26, 11 through 16. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. A sluggard says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries his hands in the dish. He's too lazy to bring it up to his mouth. A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. Hmm. Good old Proverbs just kind of nails it every time, doesn't it? Now, Proverbs is neat. If, you have, if you're at a loss for uh, something to read and need something for the morning, your morning uh, start, Proverbs works pretty well. There's 31 uh, chapters in Proverbs, and so you can read uh, the 11th chapter of Proverbs. Today, it's, it's July 11th. Or you can, you know, it's kind of neat. It works that way. Anyway, Let's see what's going on in my in thing I'm a jigger here, the chat room. Nothing seems to be working real well. And my phone's not working really well, and I don't hear any feedback on this end, so maybe we're not actually on air. It looks like we are. Everything seems to be working here. Uh, well, let's just continue and pretend we actually know what we're doing here. Okay, some announcements. We're just going to uh, use some of this stuff right here. Uh, where did it go? Here we go. Um, if you haven't been paying attention, um, ABC's uh, dumbed down, wake up homeschoolers, they're coming for your children. Wow, this is interesting. Um, you can go to Jeff Rents dot com and get um, whatever it is that he's doing there. There's many um, Charlotte Eisenbeet interviews. She's been right on a tear lately, getting all kinds of stuff done, and um, it's coming to a head. So, oh, let's see. Um, very frustrating that I can't figure out what the heck's going on here. Oh. You know what? I'm just going to play some music and see if I can get uh, 
get Bob to chime in here because I just doesn't seem to be doing anything. Oh goodness, whatever. Uh, Thanks for being with us today, folks. 
we'll get started here. There's so much stuff going on as usual. <clears throat> you just can't cram it all in, and it's really getting bad because you can't. Some of the stuff is so crazy you couldn't make it up. Um, I'm not sure if uh, any of our reps will come on today. I asked uh, I asked five of our reps to come on and give us an update on setting the record straight. Their version of what uh, what might be going on with all the vetoes and the overrides and all that because they all they all are on Facebook and whatnot and uh, seem to be wanting to uh, set the record straight. Well, let's just put it out there. I invited. And they may not be able to. I mean, it's Saturday morning. They they might have previous obligations. They might have good things to good things that they're doing and and all that. And just be actually busy, actually legitimately busy. Too hot, too busy to come on and set the record straight. But um, some of the ones that I actually respect, the good guys down there, uh, are um, Joel Stetkus, Rick Long. Everybody knows Rick Long. Everybody on this show knows Rick Long. Um, Beth O'Connor, uh, Carl Ward, Larry Dunty, uh, Eric Brakey. So I invited all of those specifically, individually, to come on and uh, set the record straight. So we'll see if any of them um, have the time to do that this morning. It would be nice to hear from them. Uh, who knows whether they will or not. Maybe they've been instructed not to uh, <clears throat> associate with those crazy radical people. Hmm. And all the ones that try to read the Constitution and actually do something with it? Mm, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Some updates here. Um, better make some phone calls, folks. We'll get into a little bit more of this. Uh, let's see. This is um, phone number 202-224-3121. If you didn't recognize it, if you, if you don't recognize that um, area code, you're not doing the job. That area code is Washington District of Corruption. If you're not calling it occasionally, you better get busy. Immediate call for all homeschoolers to pick up the phone immediately, call their senators, and demand that they vote no on Senator Lamar Alexander's Every Child Achieves Act. Every Child Achieves Act. I love the way they run, write these things. Every Child Achieves Act. Some children can't achieve. Some children achieving at a level so low that you would think it wasn't good. But that's as good as they're going to get. We, this, they make this stuff so crazy. This thing would reauthorize the Bush era No Child Left Behind law until 2021. Uh, homeschool children are not excluded from the International United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO dictated global workforce training and values and academics destroying curriculum. You need to pay attention here, folks. You know, it's one of those deals. You know, when they came for the Jews, I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't do anything. When they came for, listen, people, this is where we are. They, they, wouldn't, they, you know, they wouldn't give you a ticket for not having a seatbelt, right? Really? Oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't really change the. They wouldn't change the definition. We all understand what the definition of marriage is. They wouldn't change that. Would they? They might make somebody else. They might allow some other, some other convenient uh, association. But they wouldn't change the meaning. Really, they're trying to remove husband 
wife from all legal documents. Pay attention, people. Every time you say, well, they couldn't do that, that must be a law, we're in trouble, people. It's getting more and more and more insane. So you better make some calls. You better get active. I'm not, I'm not real sure that even calling down there is, is worth it. They're, they're going to do whatever they want anyway, but we need to be active. And it's a case of activity, exercise. You know, if, um, if I don't get out in the woods once in a while and, and haul some trees and work in the dirt and all that, then I, I lose it. I may not be real successful. I'm not the best logger in the world, and I'm darn sure not the best gardener. But if I don't do some of it, I won't be able to do any of it. And when the time comes to actually do it, I won't have a clue, let alone not be very proficient. So we need to be engaged. So call that number, 202-224-3121. Say no, no on S1177. This is going to affect every child. This is the United Nations again, at it again, continuously. It never stops. And that's the reason why Jefferson said that the price of freedom is eternal vigilance because they never stop. And if we are not on top of it, they win. You know, I wasn't going to go here, but here's the deal. The, um, the folks, the good folks in, that we have representing us, you just got to love these people in chat. I just try to ignore them. Uh, why, you know, be civil. Be civil in, in the chat room, folks. You know, do whatever you want, but just be civil. And I got a clue. Anyway, uh, where was I? I hate it when people do things like that. And you're certainly welcome to be in the chat and all that, but, you know, that's just totally derogatory. Anyway, that's okay. Have fun. Anyway, where was I? Let's see. Uh, Let's just start here and get going. I'm hoping one of these folks will come on and give us their their opinion on setting the record straight. There is a ruling on um, the governor's issues that he's dealing with down in Disgusta. Um, the OPEGA has made their their inconclusive conclusion, apparently. Now, let's just go along with this. Let's see what it does. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, the folks, somebody will come in and, and fill in the blanks here. This is what they've said on the governor's um, use of the Constitution. I, it, it makes me crazy. <clears throat> You can't, it's not a menu. And this is the way they all treat, every single one of them treats our Constitution, whether it's the state or the federal, as a menu. And so there's this big controversy because he's using parts of it to uh, say that what he can and can't do as far as vetoes and holding and what, what, uh, what constitutes, what, what the triggers are that, uh, that begin procedures and whatnot. And it's good. I'm glad they're doing it. It's making people think. Um, so this is at, on the, the bottom of page six, the uh, conclusion of the investigation that they've asked for uh, on the, just on the, on the veto. 
not not on the. This has nothing to do with um, the um, Mark Eves um, lobbyist position there, where he was going to get, where he was going to kill charter school and then work for him. Mm-hmm. Good plan, folks. And LePage rightly said what he what he did. Again, he probably didn't say it the best way. He put his foot in his mouth, but absolutely correct. Uh, you you got to expose these things for what they are. This clown that called me a domestic terrorist voted against the schools that he was going to go work for, except he was going to make sure that they got their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they call me a terrorist. I'm sorry. Something's wrong with that picture. Anyway, on the um, on the subject of vetoes and uh, all that, here's the conclusion. By adjourning on June 30th, after presenting to the governor a large number of bills, the legislature deprived the governor of the opportunity to return them to their houses of origin within 10 days of their presentment. Fortunately, the Constitution contemplates just such a scenario and offers a very simple remedy. It grants the governor the right to hold these bills until quote, three days after the next meeting of the same legislature which enacted the bills, unquote. The justices of the Maine Supreme Judicial Court have also shed light on the application of this constitutional provision. In 1981, they opined that when the legislature's adjournment prevents the governor from returning the bill to the House of Origin, the governor is not required to return the bill until three days after the same legislature reconvenes and they have to convene for three consecutive days. Hmm. Convening for just one day is insufficient to trigger the three days. In 1984, the justices said that because the legislature reconvening is the triggering event, the date that the first reconvene does the date they first reconvene does not count when computing the three days. Hence, they must convene for four days. Wow. Approximately 20 years later, 2003, Governor Baldacci did exactly what Governor LePage is doing. After the legislature had adjourned, a bill sat on his desk until the following January when it was actually recalled by the legislature and later killed. A couple of years after that, in 2005, Governor Baldacci held another bill after the legislature had adjourned and he vetoed it the following January. Ah, while there are a number of arguments on both sides of the issue, of whether the 127th legislature June 30th adjournment prevented the governor from returning the bills to their houses of origin, this is clearly not a settled question of law. That said, the Constitution's plain language, the opinions of the justices, and the conduct of the previous governor all strongly suggest that once the 127th legislature reconvenes for three consecutive days, the three-day procedure is triggered. Okay. So they got that's that's their opinion, and we'll see what they do with that. So they're all screaming that he's that he's doing something wrong. This is saying that uh, in fact it's not. It may not be expedient, and it may be uh, it may not be the right thing to do. But it's that's what their opinion is. So unless we can get some other opinions, we'll have to stick with that and see what happens. I really was hoping that. Uh, uh, yeah, clueless and a rooster. Yep, that's me. Uh, better leave and want to listen to a terrorist. Okay, have a nice day. Just talking to one of the uh, <clears throat> folks in chat. One of the uh, 
They call me. They, they've they've tried to paint us as anti-Semitic. If you have a viewpoint different than anyone, they put some kind of label on you. Well, that didn't that didn't stick. Doesn't stick. That's insane. Absolutely believe in Israel's right to exist and live peaceably. Whether they choose to do that or not is their problem. Uh, so anyway. Just uh, having, a, having a chat with some of the folks in chat. Anyway, bye. Okay, let's go. Um, what else we got going here? There is, for some of us local folks, again, you know, this is one of those deals where I'm um, siding with the greenies. Uh, you can like it or not. Here we go. Bingham, Maine. Actually, this, is, this intrigued me because Bingham, Maine is the uh, little town that actually enticed me to come to Maine some some 30 years ago. Been here ever since. Never went back. Then I took a wrong turn and ended up in Aroostook County. Then I couldn't even get back down as far as Bingham. But I love Bingham. Bingham was just a beautiful little town. And it appears as though July 1st, Bingham had a town meeting. And they joined as the 16th main town to pass the uh, Food Sovereignty Ordinance. All right. Good for Bingham. On July 1st, Bingham, Maine became the 16th town in that state, our state, my state, to pass the local food and community self-governance ordinance when its citizens voted to adopt the LFCSGO. <clears throat> Too many letters. At a special town meeting by a ballot vote of 59 to 8. All right. Under the Food Sovereignty Ordinance, farmers and other local food producers can sell their products direct to consumers without licensing or inspection. And if you get sick, or if you sell something that somebody gets sick on, you need to take care of them. It's about human interaction. It's about personal responsibility. You have a responsibility when you purchase something to do your due diligence. You have a responsibility when you sell something to your neighbor for it to be exactly what you said it was. It's really that simple. Instead, we're all out here. We're having to fight, and we're having to fight Trans-Pacific Partnership because. Uh, they're going to end up, other countries are going to be able to end up suing our businesses out of existence. Oh, how stupid are we? Bingham is the fifth town to pass this since the beginning of this year and is the third Somerset County town to pass the ordinance this month, joining Moscow and Solon. Moscow and Solon are both small main towns for anyone that's uh, not from here. And the Maine legislature came close to passing a bill, LD 925, that would have adopted the same uh, statutes on a statewide basis, but the measure was stopped on its last vote before reaching the governor's desk when a joint appropriations committee a vote, boop, 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 da, 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 joint appropriations committee uh, voted against LD 925. Okay, hear what that said. This is why we have problems here, folks. Listen, a statewide this was going to be adopted, but it went to the Appropriations Committee. Money. The money. The money talked again. Here we go. The money talked again. The Appropriations Committee killed it. Ah. The main Department of Agriculture, Conservation, and Forestry had claimed the bill would cost it nearly $40,000 in licensing revenue over the next two fiscal years requiring an appropriations committee vote. 
Oh, it's the money. Got nothing to do with safety. Nothing to do with benefit to you. Only how much the state can get in revenues. This is the same. This is the same thing. They. This is how they almost killed LD six fifty two. Okay. If we and I mean, how insane a position is it that we allow these people to take? Wake up, people. If we not allowed, here's here's the here's the gist of what they said. If we're not allowed to pass laws, if we don't have laws that people violate, then it reduces our revenue stream. Do you understand how where, where the slipper slope is on that? That that slope is darn near vertical. We pass laws so to make sure that people they're they're not sustainable so that you can't someone has to break them someone is going to break them if we pass enough laws you will be a lawbreaker and that is nothing to do with public safety it's everything to do with our revenue stream we might not be able to allow this bill to pass because it reduces the number of people breaking the law so if the law if there's not a law there that people can break, then we can't find them. If we can't find them, we're going to have to raise your taxes. Wow, what a weird, convoluted concept, thought process that is. Makes me just crazy. How did we get here? And how do we get back? I don't know. But it's going to take a whole lot of people getting real ticked off in order to get anything accomplished here. The rest of this article goes on. The Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund provided funding for lobbying on LD925 and for the grassroots effort to pass the food sovereignty ordinance at the local level. Congratulations to uh, FT, all these crazy acronyms, these letters, blah, 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 blah. Member Heather Retberg, Bonnie Preston of the Maine Advocacy Nonprofit Local Food Rules, and Somerset County activist Susie Miller for their success. If it's the problem again. I'm going to take a little exception to this. The uh, Farm to Consumer Defense Fund provided funding for lobbying on 925. See, again, this is a bad thing to me. We have outside groups providing quote unquote local food sovereignty ordinances. Again, this is the this is again. We got to be very careful how we do this. This is just like this is just like the agenda 21 local sustainability issues where it's a local ordinance locally generated which is total locally bullcrap because it came from some outside influence designed to actually undermine the very process that we're trying to accomplish. So we've got to be so careful how this happens. I like this idea. I hate the way they do it often. See, this whole funding and lobbying, it's got to be us people, just us people. If we're involved and we're doing it, it's our success. It's what we need to be doing. We need to be active in it, but we need to be so careful not to let some outside institution 
influence it and and actually be the ones that are benefiting from it instead of the people. So, anyway, congratulations to Bingham, Moscow, and Solon for uh, doing that. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, uh, let's see. Checking in with the folks in chat. Uh, do our quick uh, profit center uh, issue here. Um, see if I can figure out what's... Hey, what's for lunch today? We got a soup coming? What kind of soup? Strawberry almond butter soup. Cold soup. Ooh. Green... Oh, Korean beef stew. Wow. Korean beef stew for lunch. Well, you better show up, folks. Never had Korean beef stew. Never quite made it to Korea, but uh, the the gazpacho soup, the cold soup, sounds really good, too. So Natural Living Center, your place for uh, health food, supplements, soup to nuts, anything you can possibly want, is having uh, Korean beef stew for lunch. All right. Who'd have thunk it? Show up. It's, it's smelling good, and it's only 8.30 in the morning. Come on in. Say hello. Uh, have a muffin. I don't know. What's, uh, what's today's muffin? Mocha chunk muffins. Woohoo! Hot coffee, muffins, great soup. What more could you want, folks? Not a um, great place to come and visit. Nice little cafe, and you get to talk to me once in a while. I get to show up here and uh, help people make uh, decisions based on their uh, health and nutrition needs. Hopefully I uh, get a chance to influence them in the right way and give them some benefit. So got some great people, knowledgeable in the supplement department. Got a huge grocery department. Come in and browse around, say hello. Tell them you, uh, tell them you were listening to the crazy guy on the radio. This is National Living Center. In Bangor, Maine, you can give them a call at 207-990-2646, 207-990-2646. And if you're, uh, if you're needing some parts or equipment or bags for your vacuum cleaner, John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. John sells a perfect vacuum and services the rest. And he will send a bag of vacuum cleaner bags any place in the country. Give him a call. He supports us. We support him. That's how this whole thing works, guys. 207-492-1492. 207-492-1492. John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. The other thing for the folks that are local in Aroostook County, Maine, is uh, County Co-op. It's your buying club for Aroostook County. You can uh, get a catalog, place an order, get it delivered anywhere from Holton North, and it is 694 You don't need the area code. It's only for the folks in Maine. Because uh, county co-op does not deliver to other states. So give them a call. County co-op, your buying club for Aroostook County. Aroostook County, Maine. Aroostook County is the largest county in landmass east of the Mississippi River, in case you do in case you didn't know that, we're also so far north that uh, Canada is east, north, and west. The only place we don't have a Canadian border is south of Aroostook County. Oh, crazy stuff, huh? 
Okay, let's see. What else do we need to do here? Uh, okay, where was I here? We did the homeschool thing. Uh, they're coming for your kids, folks. You better pay attention. You just better pay attention. Oh, this, okay. This If this doesn't make you nuts, Oregon. I'm sure glad I'm not on the left coast. And I loved it out there. I had a great time. Lived out on the left coast for about seven years. Traveled around. Beautiful. Just loonies. School writes letter to parents. Kids will be taken by the state if they're not picked up on time. What? Here is from um, an Oregon school, public school. Quote, children must be picked up on time. If they are not picked up on time, we will call DHS. Unquote. What? Oregon parents should be alarmed after receiving a letter stating their kids would be given to the state if they arrived late to pick them up. Given to the state. Whoever wrote that letter needs to have their head handed to them. Not literally, not literally. I'm not talking about having some crazy wacko cut off their head and wrap it in a flag and hand it to them. You know, there's a, those are euphemistic things, you know. Mr. Eaves, don't take that to the bank, uh, please. Uh, I'm not advocating actually beheading, you know. We have to be so careful about what we say now. Everything we say has to be politically correct. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm ever going to survive this political correct thing. How many of you remember back a few years, CNN was, uh, had their, their foreign correspondent sitting on a beach someplace and, uh, there was quite a bruja as the uh, as the military made their surprise landing on this beach in the Middle East, and were met with a CNN reporter and lights filming the invasion, the the, the surprise invasion. Of course, CNN was already there waiting. Uh huh. Something's wrong with that picture to start with. Then. Because of all that bruja, we ended up with uh, this whole concept of embedded. We have we have uh, we have reporters embedded with the military. Well, that's another interesting concept. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about this morning as I was just wandering about, I really resent the fact that. We have to refer, we count our time on this earth, we count our time uh, as we speak in conversation in wars. Well, I hate the concept of being a World War II veteran or a Vietnam-era veteran or a First Gulf War-era veteran or an Afghanistan. Why do we have to count our days in wars. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to count our days in something good instead of this constant war, constant war? Hmm, something's wrong with that picture completely. I'm not, I'm, I'm, geez, I'm not a pacifist, but these are unjust wars, and we count our days by them. Something totally, totally wrong like that. Anyway, the whole concept of, of, embedded has gotten 
turned on its head. Um, so we, we have all these people running around, and, and I, I, I guess I, I kind of respect them. Uh, they're, they're, these journalists are in uh, harm's way. They're in dangerous situations. But most of them, not all, most of them are only focusing on the evil or bad, and we need to know what's going on, but it's all slanted. And I said that to say this. They've got these journalists embedded in every every police action we've got all over uh, all over the world. But uh, as you know, coming up here in four days, it's already started. I'm just being kind of sarcastic here. One week before the controversial Jade Helm 15 military exercise is scheduled to begin, U.S. military officials announced that journalists will not be allowed to embed with the military. Why? What do you mean? What do you mean they're not going to be allowed to embed? They've been doing it for, what, 25 years now in this constant war. But this time, they're going to change the rules. With this training, journalists are not allowed to be embedded. Hmm. Lieutenant Colonel Mark Lastoria, spokesman for the Army Special Operations Command, told the Washington Post that embedded journalists will not be allowed, but later in the summer, the Army might allow a, quote, small number of journalists to view selected portions of the exercise, unquote. Hmm. That means, folks, that you have to be, we have to be, I have to be the eyes and ears because they're going to, they're already telling us that they're not going to allow you to know what's being done in this special operations exercise for domestic, domestic, that's you and me. This is a domestic exercise military exercise on U.S. soil using U.S. people, using English-speaking, using uh, military. We're in trouble here, folks. This is a very, very, very dangerous situation. Throughout July and September this year, the U.S. Army Special Operations Command will conduct Operation Jade Helm, a covert warfare training exercise set to take place on civilian territory amid 17 Texas cities at a minimum. The Houston Chronicle notes that Green Beret Navy SEALs, Air Force, and Marine Special Operators will be taking part in the program, will attempt to blend in with civilians to test their covert warfare capabilities. Really? Uh, you train where you're going to operate, or you train in very similar, very familiar. You train, uh, so they're training in the Southwest. Uh, they're not training in the desert. They're not training in Afghanistan. They're not training in their special city that they had built in, where is it, Virginia? Hmm. Why are they training in U.S. towns. Newsmax pointed out the fact that Texas 
Texas's own Alex Jones published a U.S. map purported to be part of Operation Jade Helm documentation, which lists Texas and Utah as hostile territory, along with a part of Southern California, which appears to be listed as an insurgent pocket. Uh, Alex characterized the effort as an invasion of Texas and claimed that the program is an attempt to prepare for the implementation of martial law in places like Texas and Utah, where large numbers of citizen associate, citizens associate with right-leaning groups like the Tea Party. Well, the Tea Party is not very right-leaning. The Tea Party is a taxed-enough-already group. We've got this... They, again, we've got to be careful using their terms for us. Operation Jade Helms documents also refer to coordination between the military and law enforcement, raising concerns that some elements of the training exercise might run afoul of the Posse Comitatus Act, which bans the military from participating in law enforcement activities on U.S. soil. There's a caveat there, except in times of revolt, or, you know, you know what I'm saying. We've got a problem here, folks. The exercise schedule run from July 15th through 17th, September 15th. And as you've heard us talking on before, and uh, we've had a couple of guests on talking about some of the other stuff that's going on here, you better pay attention. All requests in the media for interviews and coverage of U.S. Army Special Operations Command personnel organizations and events are assessed for feasibility and granted when and where possible, said Lieutenant Colonel Lestoria. On the post, he told the Post that we are dedicated to communicating with the public while balancing that against the application of operation security and other factors. Other factors? What other factors? The story also said it would not be possible to allow a journalist to travel with special operations in the field. <clears throat> really, why? They can travel in Afghanistan and Iraq and they can follow they can follow John McCain through Turkey into Syria and take pictures of him uh, uh, sitting down with the ISIS leaders that he was promoting us to or endorsing and encouraging us to fund and arm. There's something wrong with this. There's something wrong with this. Lestoria claims that Jade Helm will not be as large as initially described in training materials. The exercise will include around 200 special operations forces and 300 additional support personnel. The length of the exercise, number of personnel, and labeling of areas as hostile has stoked the flames of America's distrust in government. No kidding, Sherlock. In late April, Texas Governor Greg Abbott sent a letter to Major General Gerald Betty, the Texas State Guard, ordering the Texas militia, oh, <laughs> militia, uh, my mistake, ordering the Texas military to monitor the federal troops throughout the two-month exercise. This is from Governor Greg Abbott. During the training operation, it is important that Texans know their safety, constitutional rights. Why would they do that? Your rights, guaranteed by the Constitution, Governor, 
private property right and civil liberties will not be infringed. I am directing the Texas State Guard to monitor Operation Jade Helm 15. Good for you. I don't, I'd like to know this guy. I don't know enough about him. Greg Abbott from Texas. Despite Abbott's actions, many Texans still seem to doubt that Jade Helm is a standard training exercise. Speaking in Bastrop, Texas, one of the sites of the Jade Helm exercise, Lieutenant Colonel attempted to quell the fears of the community. <clears throat> he says, Jade Helm is intended to simulate U.S. Special Forces helping resistance fighters restore democracy in an imaginary country. The operation's logo, which features a Dutch wooden shoe, is meant to represent anti-Nazi resistance in World War II Europe. Hmm. Take that for what it's worth. Believe nothing of what you hear, half of what you see. Only 60 of the 1,200 troops are scheduled to be in Bastrop for the training. The majority said to be at Camp Swift, a large Army National Guard base in Bastrop, as well as private property. <clears throat> Whether or not Operation J. Helm ends up being a hostile takeover or simply overblown fears, there does exist a precedent for U.S. government targeting, targeting its own citizens, folks. We've been telling you about this for six years. Documents like the MIAC report and other documents from the Department of Homeland Security have many Americans asking every day why constitutionally protected behavior and thought is becoming criminalized. Many Second Amendment supporters and libertarian activists see the federal government as a grave danger to personal liberties. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? It goes to the simple concepts, folks. We have to understand. We have to stay engaged. This is not about this great big monster event. This is the concept that the state needs to keep laws in place that people will break to keep up their revenue stream. You see how this is all connected? Okay, and this is this Operation Jade Helm is obviously and in their own terminology designed to test their ability to remove dissidents. They are designating certain places as hostile. Hostile. Okay. Who is that? That's anybody that opposes their agenda. If you were... <laughs> anyway. There you go. Do something with that. Truth in media. There we go. Something's different this time around. They don't want the media actually seeing this. So, oh, just here you go. I got to do this on the lighter side. I got to bright. Got to lighten it up just a little bit. Just got to lighten it up. I got some grief for posting this, but it's okay. Here's where we are. I mean, it's just this silly, just this crazy. You might as well use this if you're in the woods here. Yeah? Okay? <clears throat> Just a couple snips and you're good to go, you know? Okay, so uh, you guys are hunting in, uh, in Maine. Maine's a great great place. Lots of deer. Lots of moose. Partridge. Everybody hunts. 
Okay, so I shoot a buck this deer season. I only have tags for a doe. So can I claim that the buck really wasn't a buck? I mean, maybe he's always wanted to be a doe. But through no choice of his own, he was born with the physical attributes of a buck. Oh, poor guy. Yet on the inside, he's always known he was truly female. Just wondering if the game wardens will buy this. You know, goodness knows our society buys into this. Anyway, just from the lighter side, I just had to, just had to do that. Oh, I got some grief. Well, you know, that's kind of silly. Yeah, it is. But how silly is it really? How silly is it really? So, fortunately, now where's this other one? This is this. You got to get into this one. Where's this crazy judge? Where's that judge? Where is it? I had it right here. Darn. Uh, one re, one way that I suggested that we um, that we fix some of these crazy things is not about it's not about who can marry who. It's about who has the authority to say who can marry who. We should have done this. We should have stopped this years ago. We need to talk about rescinding our ratification of the Fourteenth Amendment. You know, it's kind of one of those things, well, you can't rescind. Well, it's been done before, and obviously it has been done because the uh, state of Ohio, if I could bring that dumb thing up in front of me, wherever the heck it is, there it is, law professor prompts Ohio to ratify the 14th Amendment. Hmm. Now, why would they do that? They ratified the 14th Amendment. This is just in the... Recent history, Ohio General Assembly Thursday enacted a proposal advanced by law professor Jack Chin and a group of students uh, to ratify the 14th Amendment, 135 years late. Huh. Although the vote was unanimous in the Senate, only closed-door arm-twisting by the Republican leadership suppressed a revolt by conservatives who objected that the amendment was responsible for Roe versus Wade In the school prayer cases, a Republican-controlled legislature had ratified the amendment in 1867, but the voters refused to extend the franchise to non-whites and control the legislature passed the Democrats. The legislature rescinded the ratification before the necessary three-fourths vote of the states had acted. Jack Jinn reflected on his ratification experience. Ah, so what happened? Basically, Ohio said back in 1867, no, we're not going to endorse this ratification. We're going to rescind the 14th Amendment ratification that we passed. We're rescinding it. We're not going to do it. We changed our minds. We understand better. We've we've reread it, basically, and we're not going to do it. So they rescinded their... 14th Amendment um, ratification. Hmm. They knew. And the Republicans, a few of them at least, in Ohio, when this came up a couple years ago, said, wait a minute, we're not gonna we're not gonna go along with our current push 
to re-ratify the 14th Amendment because they understood that it was where Roe versus Wade authority comes from, the idea that it's okay to murder a baby because the mom has the granted right to do that. How, how convoluted can you get? So, think about it, people. And I told you this a couple weeks ago. Maybe we were wrong when out there at Continental Congress 2009. And we did a lot of good stuff. But there was a faction that wanted us to address the 14th Amendment debacle. And we couldn't do it because it was so, so huge. Maybe we should have tackled it because it appears as though the 14th Amendment is one of the major defects, the major elements that has been used to destroy our republic. The 14th Amendment is the amendment that grants citizenship. And instead of making all free and all allowing all humans to be citizens properly under God, it granted citizenship. And we, we bid into that. We allowed that to happen. And it has strangled us ever since ever since 1868. They've used that that nasty, despicable amendment, which was, in fact, if it was actually ratified, and there's, there's many that believe that it was never properly ratified, that, there were, that, the, that the votes actually were not there, that Virginia never ratified it, that they, uh, they didn't have the, the necessary states, but there's also the absolute historical fact that much of many of the southern states that did ratify the 14th Amendment did so literally, I mean actually literally at the point of a gun. The others that signed it, some of them signed it just it was absolutely extortion. They were threatened. This 14th Amendment is how we've got Roe versus Wade. School prayer cases have been destroyed. God was taken out of the public schools. And now we have special rights being awarded to constitutional rights, supposedly, awarded to people's behavior. It's been a slippery slope. We've been going down it for a long time. It's time to end it. It's not going to be easy. The only, this to me is one of the few options we have short of secession. And as much as I hate to see unity damaged, this is a union of sovereign states. I like the union concept. That's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be working together. 
if we can't work together, we better stand on that Tenth Amendment. We better exercise states' rights. We don't do it. Maybe it, it maybe it's already too late, but I would rather see this Fourteenth uh, Amendment ratification rescinded by Maine. I'll tell you, if the governor would do that, an emergency bill. He's got the he's got the legislature right there. An emergency bill to rescind the Fourteenth Amendment could really start an avalanche in this country because other states would jump on it. It would be it would be nice to be a, a leader instead of a uh, instead of the tail for a change. We ought to do that. Rescinding this horrible Fourteenth Amendment certainly could change a few things. I had another article. I'm not going to have time to get into it, um, but it's about Maryland. And this this uh, reporter wrote this article. I'll do it real quick here and see what happens, see if I can get down to it. A century and a half after the end of the Civil War, Maryland legislators will attempt to rescind the state's ratification of a proposed constitutional amendment that would have prohibited Congress from abolishing slavery. Ah, the proposed amendment, known as the Shadow 13th Amendment, was part of an effort to compromise with slave states, blah, 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 blah. The 36th Congress passed the measure just before it adjourned, after seven southern states has seceded from the Union less than a week before Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated. Ah, see, where is it? The Confederacy, which was busy seceding, ignored the proposed language, but two states, Ohio and Maryland, ratified the amendment even after the Civil War had begun. Ohio's legislature rescinded their ratification in 1864, but Maryland never rescinded it. This is about rescinding. It's a relic, but it's a blot on our history. Okay, we can go through all that. As the Senate committee will take up the proposal, rescind ratification in a hearing Thursday. Three years after the Corman Amendment went to the states, the Senate passed what became the actual 13th Amendment. No, sir, you got that wrong. What they passed was a second 13th Amendment. See, this guy didn't do his history, which banned slavery and involuntary servitude. The House adopted the language in 1865 and by the requisite number of states in December 6, 1865. No, that didn't happen. But rescinding, it's possible to rescind. They want to rescind. We need to pay attention. It's an avenue. It's a vehicle. We need to use it. Okay. Uh, Roger Eck, the northern Maine landman, is bumping us right in the tail here. Coming up on the Constitutional Radio Network, the conscience of Maine. So we're going to leave you today with those thoughts. Get active, pay attention, and be really careful out there, folks. Things, uh, things get a little precarious here in the next few days. So have a great day, folks. We'll see you on the radio. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle.